This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives in this home and is the other person on this podcast. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. I'm not asking how are you anymore. So I will ask you, uh, what is the best memory you have associated with tequila? (laughs) Um, So uh, I don't have a lot of memories associated with tequila, but very recently we were on our friend's podcast video show. Um, and we, they had a tequila drink that they wanted everybody to have. Yes. Well, happy hour. Happy hour. Yes. The show is called happy hour. And so I went and bought tequila, which I don't think I've ever bought tequila before. So that was fun to be like, what do I need? And it was really good and I enjoyed it. So that was a happy, positive memory from like two weeks ago. Yeah, it was a great uh, drink. It was just, I don't remember it. So sorry, listeners, uh, but it was nice and straightforward and you bought like an actual good tequila. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's amazing what happens when you buy the good version of a centuries old liquor. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was like a, a riff on a margarita and it was, but it was not filled with like fake, horrible corn syrup laced um, flavoring. Yes. And it just like the the feelings of Applebee's were not somehow infused in the drink. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was like all nice ingredients and it tasted good. Who knew? Yeah, yeah. And a very fun show. Happy Hour. You can check it out. Uh, we also, uh, I, I put makeup on you and you put makeup on me yeah. uh, because that was their request. And we are good guests. Yeah. If you want us to come on your show, put makeup on one another and drink tequila, we will say yes. <laughs> You're good guests that way. We are. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was uh, totally random. I had not planned that as we were sitting down and forgot. I don't ask how are you anymore. And that's what came out here <laughs> on a Sunday morning for some reason. Well, we're drinking our tea and coffee. Tea and coffee. Uh, my mind went to tequila for some reason. Anyway, uh, thank you as always if you're a loyal listener to Obsessed or if you're just checking it out. Uh, we did have a little blip where we missed a week. I uh, really try not to. I try to keep it coming out uh, weekly. Uh, but life happened and we kept being like, hey, we should record this night. And like, oh, we can't. Oh, we'll, we'll just record that night. Oh, oh, we can't. And had some maybe jury duty shenanigans that uh, added extra complications. So apologies for missing a week. Uh, but we are back. And this week we are going to discuss something that I have been obsessed with for a long time. Uh, it has uh, waxed and waned my obsession, uh, but it is uh, in a uh, waxing period. <laughs> I'm waxing with Batman. Uh, <laughs> uh, because, uh, yeah, read, read the comics when I was a kid. We'll talk about all that. Uh, various media interpretations of Batman were important and significant and fun. Uh, you know, t- did a lot of Batman stand-up comedy, so there's a nice time where I would make a lot of Batman jokes, and people like knew me as a person who liked Batman. Um, but then I've kind of been in a period where I wasn't uh, personally uh, taking in any Batman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but recently on HBO Max, I've finally been going and rewatching uh, Batman the Animated Series, which is a very significant animated series, and it's really great to watch something that was really uh, formative. And I think about a lot, but it's been so long since I've seen it, it's, you know, crystallizing into these little memories. And sometimes the memories are accurate of the whole. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like one little memory that you cling to that's partially a memory of the thing, but also a memory of your life experience and how it is sort of sat on a shelf of your mind is not necessarily representative of the whole. So mm-hmm. it's been really fun to get back into it and see kind of the range of 
episodes in Batman the Animated Series and exactly how they portray Batman. So that's kind of what has spurred me to go, I, I'm i honestly thinking about Batman a lot, just as I go about day-to-day life. So that's a good thing to talk about. Yeah, that's fantastic. Excellent. So I want to ask your Batman opinions. I am going to assume that you are not obsessed with Batman. I'm going to assume I'm not obsessed with Batman also, <laughs> and we'll find out. Okay. Um, what is your, what, what would you say is your interest level in Batman? <laughs> Period. I left that high uh, like I was doing Jerry Lewis bit, <laughs> but I'll end the sentence. What is your interest level in Batman? Um, You know, I think... <laughs> Okay, I'm going to say what came into my head, and I just apologize in advance. I'm not not interested in Batman. <laughs> uh, I think that it's it's one of those things, like, I don't have a big um, background connection or interest in Batman. Batman was around. He's always around. He's always around. I knew that, you know, if the bat signal was shown in the air, he would be there. Um, so I feel like... <laughs> like, like on Labor Day or whatever, if you, you put know. a bat signal, he'll show up. <laughs> No matter where I lived, um, I feel like, but I feel like Batman has been like a presence has been around, but I haven't, I did not take, I probably, I can think of one time in my life where I took time to think about like the giant oeuvre of Batman to think about Batman probably before we were partner friends. So once before that, um, and, but I've enjoyed getting to spend a little bit more time with Batman and talking to you about Batman and other people who really have had a long history and experience with Batman and um I love that we're having this whole more. conversation like he's real. Like <laughs> I, other people like they've been to his wedding, like they know Batman. Yeah, I mean I just like he was like a cloud. Sometimes he was there and sometimes he wasn't. Um yeah. Yeah. That's my experience. Excellent. Batman as a cloud. Uh what is interesting to you about Batman when you think about the oeuvre not not uh, for yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so here's one thing. I love layers. The concept of layers, <laughs> I, and I'm using the term loosely because uh-huh. I realize layers often meaning uh, for uh, evil people, but I think you can have a positive person layer. Okay. <laughs> um, or whatever it's called, like the Batcave. Um, I love just like that concept in general. Okay. I think actually maybe I have a little bit of a, a like low lying obsession with layer type locations. Oh, layer. Okay, L A I R. Yes. Okay. This whole time I was like, it's like you mean like bed sheets or tacos? What? Or emotional layers? Got it. <laughs> oh, got it. <laughs> layers like the Batcave, places you hide. Got it. Um, okay. Yes, L A I R S for those listening and not. Uh, sure what i mean yeah yeah so i had not realized that yeah i have a low-lying obsession with layers yeah okay so that's great right because we usually use the word layer for villains Mm -hmm. but the bat cave is a layer for sure it's where he goes to be batman it is aesthetically cool but it is a part of the uh sometimes not subtle symbolism of batman that he's got this nice uh, but brooding old mansion where Mm -hmm. he does his Bruce Wayne business, yeah. but he really lives down beneath the house in the catacombs with the high tech and the bats and the darkness and the seeking the light in the darkness, <laughs> but it's all down below. Yeah, and I just, I love that idea of when you need to do a certain, when you need to act within a certain part of your life, you have a place that you go to to do that. And it's like, oh, this is, 
yeah, like this has the atmosphere of that place. So I, I love that. And I, I love gadgets. Yeah. I always have. Like I am a, a child of the Tomorrowland house and that whole idea and the Jetsons. And it's like superhero meets Jetsons. Yeah, no. And that is that is great because it, and that's something that, that I would say Batman has in common with lots of uh, supervillain layers, certainly James Bond layers of like, they're in these dark, hidden places, but uh, so it's it's scary and Freudian down here. But also, like, look at this great high tech stuff. You know, mm-hmm. we can analyze DNA and map things and blah 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 yeah. blah blah. And yeah. they often have really cool architecture and plants that you wonder how they grow down there. But things if like it's that. in the Batcave, probably poison ivy got in there, and <laughs> Batman should be concerned. <laughs> or Fair find a way point. to work with poison ivy for once. Uh, if you had a cave lair, a lower space where you were here in your upper space of mm-hmm. a normal life, but then you could just uh, grab on a pole and you could slide down to your lair where you do that other part of your life. <laughs> what what would the other part of your life be down there? I mean, I'm not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good comedy answer. Is that where you want me to leave it? No. Um, I just wanted to point out that that is not how, you know, hidden personas work is to be on a podcast and be like, by the way, I'm Batman. Right. It, you know, sometimes every once in a while I've had a joke version of Obsessed where I've had a couple of different very funny friends pretend to be Santa Claus over the years and I've just interviewed <laughs> them. I, it would be great to have somebody come on and pretend to be Bruce Wayne and I on Obsessed and I could just grill them. Well, what are you obsessed about Bruce Wayne? And then the person could be just trying to hide stuff from me the entire podcast. That'd be so fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I am not Bruce Wayne. No, you're not. Nor am I Batman. No. Um, yeah, so I think I would have, gosh, I mean, there's, mm, I mean, layers, there's so many things like that I think like there's the immediate of what do I currently do? Okay, here is what I want my lair. I would go to my lair and it would be... Um, sorry uh connected to the ocean via an underground tunnel cave yeah and i would shoot out into the ocean okay and then i i'm a helpful super person okay with a lair do i get to be a super person or i just have a lair you can answer the question any way you want so you uh you are aqua woman with a cave yes Yes, I am. I love it. This is great. Mm -hmm. This is great. But uh, that does answer my question of that idea of like, if you could have this other life that is obsessively crusading for something, Mm -hmm. the ocean seems like a good answer. Yeah, I'm going to go take some plastic out of the ocean. (laughs) I am plastic removal woman. Yeah. I think that is an actual uh, real world helpful superhero right there. Uh, yeah, just to sort of frame our conversation, I wanted to share a little bit uh, the same question I asked you of what is uh, interesting to me about Batman. Yeah. Um, I think I think the thing that is endlessly fascinating about Batman to lots of different people is there are all these different interpretations. And he is like, Batman is like this piece of music where the music has all of these notes that are always the same, every interpretation, but it can be played wildly different <laughs> in different styles of music and mm-hmm. it's still Batman, but you can be like, I really like the, you know, um, the kind of early sixties rock version of Batman or like, I like the heavy metal Batman <laughs> or I like the strange Zither music, Batman, you know, like <laughs> I like the circus music, Batman. Uh, he, he can be reinterpreted in so many different ways while still being the same song. Um, but I think for me, 
part of the reason I really wanted to reconnect with Batman the Animated Series is uh, it's been my mantra for years since I first watched it when it was broadcast. Like, particularly on screen, that's the Batman that captures the most qualities of Batman that I find enjoyable. So it was really fun to watch it, reconnect with it, and really see that he is portrayed as somebody who is absolutely the brooding Dark Knight. All the things that are sort of like cool and awesome and mysterious about Batman. He pops up in the shadows and he's you know resourceful and unstoppable and terrifying. He he's all those kind of cool things. But then uh, he's just an obsessive nerd, and I think <laughs> that's what I'm ult- ultimately kind of drawn to in Batman. Of he has, of course, the uh, the secret origin that is not even remotely a secret because it's been in 8,000 films and TV shows and everybody knows it of his parents being murdered and he uh, wants to never let anybody else go through that pain and he wants to become uh, this symbol of justice and he strikes fear into people in order to accomplish this goal. But then in accomplishing it, he's just the person who is trying to be on top of everything. He's just the person you work with who has all the answers and, like, there's suddenly a crisis at work, and this person pops up, and, like, I made a PowerPoint for that six weeks ago. And, like, how do you even know that was going to come up? Like, I'm <laughs> Batman. Like, there's this element to him of, when he's portrayed in a certain light of, there is the, I choose to wrestle with my own fear by dressing up as kind of the darkest part of myself, the angriest part of myself. And it has this practical application of, uh, of confusing and frightening my opponents and giving me a physical advantage and making me a symbol. Uh, but also the obsession just comes from from this really good place. I'm just so trying to stop anybody else from being in pain. So I'll learn everything I can about physical fighting. I'll learn everything I can about the architecture of uh, <laughs> the city. I'll learn everything I can about uh, DNA. I'll learn everything I can about uh, the justice system. Uh, I'll be an expert at science and, uh, you know, uh, just anything, mm-hmm. anything he needs to be an expert on. And like the animated series also goes out of its way to show us his Bruce Wayne is definitely like Bruce Wayne is a bit of an act and he has a different voice and he pretends to be a playboy to, you know, get the suspicion away. But then there's also lots of great moments where he's really keeping his eye on what's going on, like socioeconomically. Mm-hmm. And he is using Wayne Tech, and this is a thing that a lot of people make jokes about that Batman could just go and spend his money. And like the animated series, it's not the focus, but you see him doing that of like, hey, I found out that this corporation's trying to this. Somebody came to my corporation to Wayne Tech and tried to pitch me some not great business deal. So I'm going to dress up as Batman and find out what the hell are they doing? <laughs> like there is a sense of justice even within him being Bruce Wayne in that on this, that, that continuing obsession of like, I want to save individuals and I want to save society as much as possible. And mm-hmm. specific episodes that, that focus on him uh, busting criminals who are taking advantage of the poor and the homeless in the unseen. Uh, there's a great episode where he just kind of doubts, like I've been up to this for so long and I'm just, I'm so obsessed and maybe I'm just not making anything better. And, like, he, he helps, like, a ran, random homeless kid get back on his feet and, and you know, get back into society again. And, like, mm-hmm. that's the thing that makes him go, like, ah, oh, yeah, no, I should, I, I should still be Batman. Yeah. So wow. it's this, this, it's all the fun of the darkness and the, uh, you know, awesome fighting. 
but I like the Batman where you can see that he's just like, you're just a nerd who, who stays up all night reading up on plants because <laughs> you're worried about something, an environmental thing as well. You know, mm-hmm. You're just, you're an obsessive nerd who cares and also dresses up as a bat. Yeah. That's awesome. Yay. Yay. Uh, so that's, uh, that's my big uh, picture on Batman. Um, what are your earliest memories of Batman? Because he is a character who's just, we were joking about, like, he's just around. Do you remember the first time that you were aware of his just sort of omnipresence in pop culture? Um, yes and no. I I know that I knew uh, who Batman was and he was just around, whether in comic books or um, Saturday morning cartoons or just life on the playground. I know that, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Just life on the playground. You're going to run into what, like every recess, at least seven Batman. <laughs> Good, fair chance. But the first time that I remember, so I knew he was, a, so like I already knew of Batman, but I remember when um, the Batman movies came out. Um, and I think, I don't remember if it's the first or second movie, but I remember the one that Catwoman was in. Yes, that was the, the so... Was that the second Yes, one? that was the second one, okay. Batman uh, Returns in 1992. Okay, yes, so I remember, so that is kind of, I think, the first time that I remember paying attention to Batman. What made, so Batman 89 came out in 89. Mm-hmm. It wasn't called Batman 89 at the time, but <laughs> fans often call it that for um, ease of understanding. Mm-hmm. That was a massive, massive bad explosion, like... Uh, merchandising wise almost to a like phantom menace force awakens uh, kind of level of there was bat stuff everywhere mm-hmm. so that happened in 89 and then but that didn't lodge in your memory no uh because i know for sure like if you went shopping you saw batman uh in in 1989 in 92 was it was it the image of catwoman that drew you into the world yes <laughs> Uh, can you elaborate on oh, that? Oh, yeah. No, I just, I mean, I think I don't, I mean, I think I was probably just distracted with other things in 1989. I don't remember. <laughs> That's not like, a, I was doing, the, I, I just don't remember. I don't know why. But in 1992. <laughs> next episode, we'll, we'll get out just a, a document about what happened in 1989 and try to figure out where we were. Right? Like, what, what else on? were we doing? Um, yeah. So I just remember, I think that in 19... 19- 92 i remember my friends group talking about it got it i remember um i went to a friend's halloween party and one of my friends dressed up as catwoman mm. and had like an amazing version of it i think i was already aware of who michelle pfeiffer was yeah and so i so that was honestly that was my like the combination of my friends group um, and many of my friends group, I think, would be like, what? Uh, no, sir, we were talking about Batman. I don't know where you were talking about Catwoman, but um, <laughs> that's where I was. Um, so I think it was, I think it was just kind of um, I honestly don't remember if I think I went and saw the film okay. with friends, but I don't think I saw Batman 89 around that time. I okay. think I saw Batman Returns. So so it was kind of like. <laughs> It just struck me funny. It's like, I know you can just watch Batman Returns. It's not a super sequel, but it's funny to me to think of that's the first Batman you saw. Like, he returns. From where? Well, I, I, and that's <laughs> honestly part of why I'm pretty sure I didn't see the 89 one is because there were some things I was like, hmm, maybe, I wonder if this is connected to what happened in the earlier movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on in Batman Returns. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the so and that's kind of as much as I remember. And then I think by 1993, I kind of wasn't thinking about Batman again. And so it was just kind of a little blip. But it but it was a very definite blip um, in, you know, kind of fall. I don't remember for me yeah. if it was fall of 92 or fall of 93. But OK, yeah, that the Catwoman image, Michelle Pfeiffer, is very striking. Mm-hmm. Uh, in particular, if you see the film, her, you know, arc is somebody who is uh, not being treated well and. uh and it, it be, uh, be, be uh, I'm trying to think of the right word for it, uh, seizes her power by becoming Catwoman. Was it any of that? Or was it, what was it about the image of Catwoman that, that grabbed you? I think without any of those words or understanding that that's what it was, I think it was the idea of um, oh, this woman grabbing her power. Yeah. I think it just felt very, um, uh, what would be a good word for it? Uh, cause I don't want to just say powerful, but, um, yeah, it just felt very like, um, a focus of, a focus of energy and intention into power. Yeah. Um, but in a, and I will be very honest, I don't really remember the movies, so. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. um, but in a, uh, just kind of seeing that very strong image yeah uh, just kind of resonates with me from that time in a way very few things do so i think it was very powerful and just that idea um both beyond what it was and also exactly what it was of just that you know i it was it was also cool yeah and, yeah and different from other things that i saw at that time yeah i think some of the lingering power of that particular interpretation of catwoman even without seeing the movie just seeing the image is obviously Michelle Pfeiffer is just a magnetic performer, so mm-hmm. even just a photo. But that costume is so not just like, ah, it's a superhero with some armor, which was already starting to be sort of normal look of a superhero uh, by 92. But the fact that her outfit is sort of patched together in almost this Frankenstein way is just an image that makes you lean in and go, what is that? How did that happen? Why is that person dressed like that? That person looks both... Uh, wounded and incredibly powerful at the same time. And that's just from the image of the costume and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's magnetism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of that idea that you can, um, and this is me putting words on myself later, um, that idea that you can, that you've got that power of the magnetism and also the, the sense of um, sensuality that you can take control of. Mm, yeah. With, you know, obviously can be a big thing for, <laughs> A uh, teenage girl to be like, hey, look at that. <laughs> yes, uh, I was partially curious about that. I did not want to uh, put those words yeah. in your mouth. I wanted to see if that was something that was uh, oh, a truth. Definitely, definitely part of it. And I think with, um, and I'm, sh- I'm sure there are other people who dress up at it, but I do have this very specific image of being at our friend's house and being like, wow, like that's like good. Like I'm both impressed and like good for you like it was just it like it's all those that jumble of emotions that i'm not doing a good job of uh and sharing right now i think you are articulating uh, very clearly i can i can uh, i understand what you mean <laughs> how's that for me not articulating my understanding of your articulation thank you partner friend <laughs> thank you partner friend uh yeah so for me my earliest memories of uh batman are scene reruns of uh, the adam west batman i've spoken about it before as like a very very early memory um so young that i think i was just uh, mesmerized by who are these weird people who are not wearing beige suits and driving large cars because that's the only thing that happens on television? <laughs> you know, they're not in a studio doing a sitcom. I didn't know those words. Uh, but yeah, that just that 
colorful explosion of just weirdness. Um, and knowing that he was a crime fighter and he, ooh, he dressed up like an animal and I liked animals and like, what's that about? And I really liked Robin because I was the younger brother and that was a whole thing of like that idea of like the younger person is powerful too was huge for me. Mm, yeah. Um, and so, uh, I definitely liked the whole oeuvre of Batman I really saw and related to Robin. Um, but then also just the parade of weird characters. And honestly, Julie Newmar, Catwoman, of just like, what is that about? That's amazing. <laughs> In lots of these stereotypical ways that it would be amazing. Uh, but also just the whole cavalcade of like colorful, weird characters that really fired my imagination, uh, seeing that really young. Um, and I didn't I didn't even know it was a comedy. It, you know, it just no. it seemed like this is deadly serious at the time. And like I remember having... Uh, coloring books and uh, I think we had a little uh, toy Batmobile car that had like little tiny figures of Batman and Robin they weren't even figures they're like little uh, I think they might have just come unglued uh, <laughs> like <laughs> probably my first closest to action figure uh, thing Aww. and then we had and then it was when I it was on when I was very very young and then it just wasn't you know on anymore like things used to just be like ah nobody's nobody's showing that right now mm-hmm. you know it's an old show and that's eh, not getting the ratings, whatever. Uh, it's not being shown. So it was this mystery thing. Uh, and the only little bit of it we still had is we had a Viewmaster of one particular episode. Uh, and I haven't rewatched that specific episode in years, but it has a bottomless pit. And I think Catwoman falls into the bottomless pit. But I think we just had the first half of the episode on Viewmaster. So it was oh, wow. it increased the mystery of just like we can kind of look at the pictures from this one episode of this Batman television show, but then Catwoman disappears in something called a bottomless pit, which, you know, generations change. I spent a lot of time in my life terrified of bottomless pits. Like, those are just things you're going to run into. Right? Oh, totally. A pit where you fall forever. Like, that's just the thing you got to watch out for. Yeah, right there with you. <laughs> like, sharks, got to watch out for those in bottomless pits in mm-hmm. quicksand. Those things are just around. You're going to bump into them if you're not careful. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so obviously, just hearing myself uh, blather about it, it was obviously the whole Batman Uber and the character obviously was just like colorful and fun and weird. But I think there is something about Batman that just always undeniably to both of us talking about our first Batman memories going to go into places of it is the whole oeuvre and the character is an invitation to open the door into uh, darkness or power or mystery or all these kind of uh different feelings mm-hmm. than just colorful fun weird mm-hmm. you know it, it invites us to go down into uh, our own bat caves in many different ways oh yeah <laughs> um so i was going to ask you what your batman experiences were as a teen and an adult but that's kind of uh, uh what it was right yeah so before we were partner friends and you ended up uh living your life with somebody who talks about batman a lot <laughs> Did you see any other Batman movies that came out? Did you encounter or avoid Batman in any way? Um, I, I don't think I did. I just didn't. I don't think I made choices that were Batman connected. <laughs> I made no Batman related choices. Do you yeah. remember if you saw any other uh, movies in the theater? Um, I don't. I saw no because the next one that I saw was with you. Okay. Yeah, and that would have been the, the first Christopher Nolan one in 2005. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of Batmans. I believe uh, Yeah, so for myself, from that early childhood, uh, you know, I 
I collected comics on and off, or not even collected comics. Uh, my grandfather and my father bought uh, us piles of comics every once in a while. And so we had this, like, just pile of one-off issues. And, like, one of them is this great, um, it is uh, the artist Gene Colan who has this, like, great sort of, uh, even even his firm lines seem to kind of almost be misty and moving. There's this great uh, mysterious flow to his artwork. And it, it's just one issue, so we don't have the full story. Uh, but uh, Batman has been bitten by a vampire. And so it's like Batman actually turning into a vampire. And obviously the Batman mythos has a lot you know in common with myths of vampires yeah it's so like that was another just like that was one of my first comics like this is the kind of stuff that happens in batman comics he just he just gets turned into a vampire like what are you <laughs> gonna do hope that works out for everybody because i don't know at the end of the issue um so then when i started actually collecting comics um my brother collected the batman comics but i read them and i collected the teen titans comics where you had robin and batman would show up every once in a while mm-hmm. uh but then yeah as time went on i i got all the batman comics too for a while there and then that summer of 89 uh when the first batman movie came out that was like mind blowing life changing we are entering you've taken your first step into a larger world because that there was the bubbling um a couple years earlier change in the perception of comic books from the Watchmen coming out mm-hmm. and then uh the dark knight returns it's frank miller uh reimagining of batman as an older man mm-hmm. uh hugely pivotal read that you know many 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 times uh collected those as they came out so there was already this like comic books were kind of this weird secret thing that maybe you'd meet another kid <laughs> collected <laughs> comics and you could maybe talk about it uh but then that kind of started to change the comics started going up in value and be, you'd see it on the news of like did you know that weirdos will pay thousands of dollars for batman's first appearance like <laughs> uh and started you know like kind of a collector's wave in the comic book shops and then that really crystallized with batman in 89 being on like not just on you know, reruns are on cartoons, but live action, the pinnacle of entertainment and everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, and so successful. And um, yeah, I, I loved that movie, collected the trading cards. Uh, my bedroom at the time had a slanted wall that was above my bed. So there is a picture of uh, Michael Keaton, Batman, uh, pursing his lips and brooding at me over my bed wow. <laughs> for many years. <laughs> and it was... I. I enjoyed it, but I think, I don't know if I really thought about it this way. I think I felt it this way, that that was, in retrospect, the first step of the world that to come, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. the things that I maybe felt ostracized because of and maybe felt like I had to hide that person to myself, that I had to keep the pop culture and the genre love yeah. down in the Batcave, right. <laughs> where other people couldn't see it for the most part, that that was one of the big steps of this stuff now has real value in larger pop culture. Mm-hmm. And of course, now that we live in a world that is like uh, incredibly dominated uh, by superheroes and for younger people, you know, sometimes you have to try to explain to them. There was a world where it would have been embarrassing to put, uh, you know, on a bio that you really identify as a, uh, a Starfire person. That would have not been now that's great and that's cool Mm -hmm. but that would not have been cool back then you know and batman was one of the things that started to knock that down yeah that's such a good point and i hadn't really thought about that and that makes a lot of sense for you that it felt like the beginning of the opening of a door to a possible new world 
Yeah. Yeah. And like uh, other kids that were like into Batman and would have probably been hiding it were I was able to talk to more people about it. Nice. Because like I, this is weird, but I know we're technically too old, but they put out the new action figures for Batman. Like, are you interested? And then a bunch of us like, yeah, we all are. We're collecting them and, you know, uh, telling each other like, oh, I spotted the Batmobile at this place, you know? Yeah. Um. So it was a little bit of a, a beginning of, of coming out of the shadows, as it were. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. And then uh, spurred on by the success of Batman 89 and uh, it was in development before it, uh, but... Uh, Batman, the animated series came out in 92 as well. Okay. And then, and that was also kind of like real dream come true because the Batman movie was great. But back in the day, like they just, they made whatever changes for the movie. Like he was never in all black. He was never in armor. It was a great jumpsuit. But, but in the movie, it's, it's molded abs of plastic armor and he's all black and okay. And the, every villain dies at the end of every movie instead of coming back to haunt him. So it's like, it was really cool. But there was also that little bit of nerd thing of like, okay, that's an interpretation of Batman, but it's not <laughs> really the Batman I know from the comics. I mean, it is, but it isn't And going through that. And then the Batman, the animated series was this revelation. Cause like, that's the Batman. I know mm-hmm. all shades, all sides of his personality, not in every episode, but you get one episode where he's, really introspective you get one episode where he's mad and it's vengeance you know you get another episode where he's just like kind of like i i gotta deal with the riddler's bullshit and i don't i'm kind of gruff and overly serious like you get all these different parts of his personality yeah that's fantastic and uh and i think in the whole uh uh wrestling pop culture on the screen wrestling with superheroes of okay we we always want to give them emotional realism so it's real but then really like the MCU's march to be like, um, we can do X amount of superhero stuff, but at a certain point it'll get too weird and too fantastic and we're terrified of losing people. Mm. Like we talked about this when we did our, our WandaVision yeah. recap. Yeah. That like, yeah, even in 2015 when they introduced the Scarlet Witch, like she's Wanda and she has a crimson leather jacket and that's as far as we're going to go. <laughs> and now we're already... Uh, so far along, like, screw it. She's a Scarlet Witch. <laughs> she dresses like this. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. She's got a cape. She floats. Deal with it. You yeah. know? Uh, and Batman the Animated Series was definitely in that camp of, it's a it's a cartoon, so it was it is not afraid to be as fantastic as possible. It's mm, a fantasy. Yeah, yeah. And the physics are fantastic. You know, everything is fantasy. Every, there's emotional realism for the character's motivations, but everything else is just heightened glorious weirdness which is the joy to me of the comic book world mm-hmm. and batman in particular as more films have gone on got really mired in that and i know a lot of people are huge fans of the christopher nolan uh in films in that interpretation of batman which i'm totally fine with but that was a great example of those films are interested in trying to make batman fit into a somewhat realistic world to really rationalize his equipment that first movie in particular really goes through lots of effort to explain what all of the things are on his suit. Mm. And for example, like the Batman, the animated series is like, yeah, he looks like that because it's cool. He has a ridiculous amount of different bat vehicles because it's cool. (laughs) Don't worry about it. You know? And so Batman is one of these figures because he's been so popular and there's been so many different screen interpretations. He is the, uh, the epicenter for that tension of, is emotional realism good enough 
or do we need to get into some sort of like real life level of realism? Like to that point of that third Christopher Nolan film is like, can't be Batman anymore because I don't have any cartilage left in my knees. I guess right. I'll build a brace and then I can still be Batman. Like that's a like shockingly painfully real version of Batman. Like right. cartilage is not an issue on the animated series. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not. It is not. It's really not. Because I watch that show now. Like nobody's knees are okay. It, Commissioner <laughs> yeah. Gordon can't even be taking these stairs that fast at that age. Come on. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I spiraled off into my different uh, adventures as a teen and as an adult. No, this is this is great, and this is really this is really fun for me because it's not all things that I know. Um, but I think it's it's really interesting with kind of what you talked about at the beginning of the different uh, interpretations of Batman and different ways that you can approach Batman, and maybe part of why there is why so many different people have strong connections to Batman, but often to different versions of Batman. Yeah. So that's really, um, really helpful to hear some of the ones that resonated with you more and at different times more. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, this is a a fun Batman memory. So as the movies went on, obviously uh, Tim Burton does the first two and they're, they're uh, as you would expect from Tim Burton, a little bit more Gothic, a little bit more strange, definitely living in the Batcave. And then the Joel Schumacher ones, uh, I haven't seen in a long time, but uh, obviously they're a little bit more uh, heightened and campy. That's an element of them. There's a whole thing about releasing Schumacher's original cut of his first film, Batman Forever. So uh, not not just painting it with a broad brush that it's campy, but it's definitely a different tone, the, the final film that ended up in the theater. Anyway, they introduced Robin, and there was a massive casting call, and they were coming... They came to Minneapolis. I think they came to every major city. Oh, seriously? Of just like a, a cattle call for Robin. Wow. And it was one of those like, I can't believe this. And like at the at the time I was acting, and it's like, I know I'm not physically the type at all for Robin, but like I might go and like <laughs> Did you? Uh no, I I um I did try to work out a little bit more. And uh, in retrospect, I was in very good shape, but I didn't consider it successful because I expected to work out and have muscles bulge like a superhero. Mm-hmm. But in my top form, my body was never going to do that. That's not the way my body was built. But I did spend uh, some more time than normal, like exercising and trying to build up some muscle definition, which, again, not successful on a frame like mine. And then I was like, yeah, like we there was a like re- a show rehearsal like I would have had to cancel. And I was like torn of like, should I just go try out for Robin or should I go to? The, uh, and I, I didn't end up trying, but I thought mm. about it a lot to go to the Robin cattle call. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And who knows? I know. I don't think I ever would have been cast as Robin. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think I'm what they were looking for, yeah. uh, given what ended up in the film. Anyway, uh, I want to ask you some Batman questions, kind of jumping off from the idea of Batman yes. uh, to explore these these crucial ideas of who Batman is. He is, uh, in many interpretations, someone who really likes to plan ahead. He keeps his finger on the pulse of everything that is going on, and he is ready for everything. One um, one Batman story that there's been uh, various iterations of, in particular, it's a Justice League story. And, you know, that's a whole other thing of who is Batman once he starts relating to other people. And so a, a recurring story of Batman in the Justice League is... He keeps elaborate plans of how to take all of his friends down because he's a planner. And in case anything goes wrong, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously, usually when his friends find out, they're not super happy with that. <laughs> but that's a great example of Batman as a planner, mm-hmm. always thinking ahead. So, my question is since Batman is a planner, would you want to go to Disneyland with Batman? Oh my gosh. 
Ooh. Well, my first instinct was how stressful. <laughs> but actually, uh, you know, I mean, Batman thinks through things. And I think as long as the big picture goals had been discussed in advance. Yeah. And we had agreed. Um, and it wasn't just... So here's the... Okay. So here's a few ways that yes. Um, if it were like, yep, I'm going with my buddy Batman and I'm just here to do whatever Batman wants. <laughs> Totally up for that. Yeah. Like I'm, that's I'm often up for. Like okay, I'll do. I'll be here to. You know, we'll do what you want. That's fine. If I have specific needs or wants, um, I would want to have talked to, through them ahead of time and be like, okay, here are the things that are important to me. Like I really want to go on these rides or have this experience. So as long as those were included within the plan, then yes. If we'd had that conversation and they were not included in the plan, then no. Um, because <laughs> I guess basically what I'm talking about is friendship boundaries. Um, <laughs> you don't want him Batman. to get you into any on one crime fighting? Well, I mean, I'm, that maybe that's on the list. Uh, that's, I'm not, I'm up for that. <laughs> and if that's part of the Batman version, sure. Yeah. Um, but I, but if I were like in a mood where I was like, I'm just going to go wander and see what happens. I feel like that is not Batman style. Uh, I think you can only do that if he's on patrol. Okay. And even then, he probably has a grid system. Yeah. Well, and that would be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think if I, if I knew in advance, I think, I think it could be a really fun experience. I think if I only had, um, but I don't know that I would always want to go to Disneyland with Batman. No. I think sometimes I would need some non Batman experiences. Yeah. You need to go with Dick Grayson, who was raised with the ability to plan like that, but frustrated by it. So he's like, come on, come on, Bruce. (laughs) <laughs> it's just rides mm-hmm. there's a great bit i'll stop talking about the animated series uh but there's a great bit that i had forgotten about uh there's a christmas episode uh where robin robin isn't always in the animated series and he's the older version of robin he's off at college so then he shows up every once in a while okay um but it's a christmas episode and there's problems with the joker and uh robin is trying to convince batman or rather dick is trying to convince bruce to watch it's a wonderful life uh-huh. And like Bruce is so obsessed with his world and his needs. He's like, oh, I've never seen that. And Dick's like, what? Why? How? And he's like, uh, I never liked the title. <laughs> 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 and Bruce and Al- or Dick and Alfred have to be like, it's it's not quite what you would think from the title. Give it a chance. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So kind of going off of that, I think I would love to go to Disneyland with Batman. But I would say, okay, plan it. Like, exactly which ride we're going to do, at what time, uh, contingency plan. If this ride breaks down, you've got the flex passes. You know, every, you've got it planned. And if anything goes wrong, you can respond in an instant, like, amazing planned trip to Disneyland. But you have to, once you've planned it, you know, you have to come as Bruce Wayne and you have to try to enjoy yourself <laughs> and see if he could. And then I could get the benefit of the planning. And then maybe he could get a little bit of a day out in the sunlight. Yeah. You're such a good friend to Batman. I try to be a good friend to Batman. It's hard. He pushes people away. (laughs) (laughs) And yet he always has more people around. Um, In some adaptations, Batman is great at disguises. Uh, Would you consider it an honor if Batman disguised himself as you? Or would that be weird? (laughs) Um, I mean... Can I say both? <laughs> yes. I, it would be an honor, but it would be weird both just personally to have somebody disguise themselves as me and weird to be like, okay, what what thing do you think I have access to that you want access to? Um, 
that would cause you to dress up as me. <laughs> or is that not what it is? Is it for like a blending in thing? But still, that's kind of a either an excess or a blending in thing. I don't think Batman would do that on purpose of just like, I need to blend in. To, I just need to look like a citizen Los Angeles. So I'm going to pick this specific person <laughs> and pretend to be Sarah Scrimshaw. Yeah, yeah. But if Batman... But if accidentally he just looks a ton like you and he shows up at your place of work and causes confusion. Yeah. Yeah, That. I mean, that would be confusing. <laughs> I, I, I have some very mixed feelings about this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm very curious to see if there's some uh, interpretations of it in film. Again, going to that sort of heightened fantasy, like in comic books and on the Batman animated series, you, you'd just be like, oh, looks like I'm dealing with this uh, this uh, person who's just like run of a mill and just kind of, oh, he's got a little pompadour and... A uh, little mustache, whatever, and they just whip off the. It's a plastic mask and whole Batman head <laughs> with the ears and everything under <laughs> right. there, like you know. And it, you can't quite do that uh, right. on screen, yeah. Uh, on uh, on live action screen, but yeah. that's fascinating to think about. How would you feel about it if you showed up to do a show and Batman was already there, you know, disguised as you, ready to do the show? Yeah, I feel like he would either need to use some sort of like real optical illusion to look like he is my height, because I think almost every single interpretation of Batman is significantly taller than me. And then you add the ears on, even if they're the short version that many (laughs) artists do. Uh, I think what is fun about it is imagining that there is a a taller uh, buffer version of me about to do the comedy show, and everybody's like, what happened to Joseph? <laughs> <laughs> I think I would be delighted from that point. Yeah. Okay, here's what I would love. So if um, Batman decided to dress up as me mm-hmm. and went to a show, thinking that it was a show that I was stage managing, and I was like, I've got this. I'm a planner. I can do this. But it's actually a show I was dancing in. And then Batman suddenly had to pretend that he knew the dance, dressed up as me, I would like to be in that audience. That would be so much fun. That would be great. And if it was Adam West Batman, he would just know the dance and he would figure it out. Yeah. Many other interpretations of Batman. That's like the great, um, one of the great tensions between him and the villains is the villains have are, are obviously doing villainous things. They're hurting people and Batman is trying to uh, stop them and often trying to help them uh, in, in specific stories. Uh, but there, then there's also this tension that the villains' obsessions are often lead them to be more flowing and artistic and free in contrast to Batman's rigidity of like, I've learned the rules of justice and you are not following them and I will make you follow them (laughs) to prevent bad things from happening. So you get great scenes where Batman is pushed into a circumstance of having to be, the the, uh, villain is trying to make him be flowing and artistic. Mm -hmm. So like there's, there could be a great scene where Batman's like, I won't dance (laughs) and rips off the Sarah costume and starts fighting (laughs) yeah yeah so I would like to see that Mm -hmm. or Adam West would just dance either way I want want tickets to that show if there was a a comic book or a movie that was just Batman takes a break and it was uh, Bruce Wayne making a difference with money would you watch that would you be intrigued by that Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, let's do reality show, um, help the world, <laughs> and and have it be like following Bruce Wayne's journey of like trying to give money to help housing or, you know, all sorts of many, many problems and see like each week maybe it's a different thing that he's trying to help. Yeah. And you get to see if it works or not and which things work. I, I would be so down for that show. 
Yeah, yeah, that would be very, very intriguing. Uh, partially brought up this question because uh, I am always intrigued by the Bruce Wayne character because it is sometimes really turned up to 11 of the, like, this is my mask. I always want to be down in the cave analyzing stuff, planning stuff, buying the flex passes at Disneyland in case Joker <laughs> shows up. <laughs> uh, and and then Bruce Wayne is just this uh, flippant playboy. But then there are other interpretations where, like, he goes to work and he is really trying to use the company not just to be like, uh, thanks, I'll funnel some money over here for my back copter, but, like, trying to uh, be... A, a responsible steward of a large corporation and, and make a difference and uh, give to charities and, you know, uh, uh, st- stop other corporations from doing crappy things. Um, so there are a lot of different interpretations of the Bruce Wayne character. Mm-hmm. And I think I relate to him when he's stuck as Bruce Wayne from moments like that. Uh, my young ward and my father figure, Alfred, just want to watch a holiday movie with me. And I'm so out of touch with normal life. <laughs> that I don't really know what to do with myself. You and I have talked about in our lives. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can be very obsessive about just what's the next project, what's the next thing I need to plan for, what am I uh, scripting? Like I can disappear. My my uh, Batcave can be uh, what's next for comedy or writing or podcasting and just always planning, always designing, always writing. Uh, and then those moments where like, just uh, come up out of the cave and, and do normal human things can be this this great contrast you know mm-hmm. uh and it's always fun to see a really um a character who is just so incredibly talented and precise in their oeuvre but then they're, when they're forced back out to the real world like how do forks go <laughs> like, <laughs> they don't know kind of the the real world stuff as well and mm-hmm. bruce wayne sometimes really knows it well because he's wearing the mask and he's a part of high society and all that and other times he doesn't. So the Bruce Wayne character is interesting to me. And then I think there is this really interesting tension. A, a lot of times the joke goes around social media of like Batman is an outdated and awful concept because it is a rich person whose villains are mostly having mental health issues. And instead of helping them, he beats them up and puts them in a special prison. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it is I, some of the core ideas of Batman were like, yes, this was created in the late 1930s. And it, mm-hmm. things uh, uh, resonate from when they're created. Uh, and then other fans can have tension because years of storytelling. There is a ton of storytelling of Batman is always trying to help people. He doesn't want to put anyone in Arkham. He wants to help them. He wants to get them help, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like I said, even in way back in the Batman animated series, there are moments where he is trying to make systemic change. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what he would like to do. Um, so I understand that there's this tension between, like, the Batman mythos just has become outdated uh, versus eh, there's there's been a lot of nuance, uh, our favorite word here on Obsessed, <laughs> uh, with the Batman story. But it'd be interesting sometimes to just, like, tackle it directly and just be like, okay, I'm going to watch a Bruce Wayne show where he is Batman maybe once every four shows when he absolutely, when it will truly help, mm-hmm. when there's no other option. Mm-hmm. But I, I need to do that part of it. Like, I tried everything else and, you know, somebody's going to get hurt. I'll stop the bad thing from happening. But most of the time, I'm just really fighting for systemic change. <laughs> it would be interesting yeah. to just kind of come at these these uh, thoughts and criticisms of, is this mythos? outdated Mm -hmm. and just handle it directly yeah you know 
Yeah, that and would honest, be fascinating. Honestly, I feel like the Batwoman show does a little bit of that. The Batwoman show is, of course, very modern, very aware of the time it's set in. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is obviously a different character uh, than Bruce Wayne and, you know, different motivations, but still playing within all of the oeuvre yeah. of the hidden identity and the access to wealth and equipment and how do you best use that to help the most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next question. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Uh, Batman names most things after himself, or in some versions, it's Robin who's named them, given them the, the cute fun names of Bat this, Bat that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he's got the Batarang, the Batmobile, etc. Whether he named it, the Robin named it, the press named it, we in the culture know that they're all Bat something. Would you, if you could, uh, get away with it, name things after yourself in uh, what what things would you call the Sarah this? <laughs> um. I'm going to say I would I would use those powers uh, in limited doses. <laughs> I would I would have a ceramobile. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would what would be special about it or do you just want to call our uh, Toyota Yaris the <laughs> ceramobile cuz I'm totally down with that. I mean, we share the Toyota Yaris, so I'm not going to just take it as mine. Well, you can. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm fine with it. Uh, Said here live on this podcast. Look, Robin rides in the Batmobile. And he's just, he just goes with it. They're, Robin's stuff is not named the Robin anything. <laughs> he's, they're not like, you know, get on the Batmobile in the Robinmobile. It's like we have two, you know, or Bat Cycle. We have two Bat Cycles. <laughs> you get on one, Robin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I'll think about that one. Okay. Um, but there's other things that I'm not going to, like, I don't want to name, like, it's my Sarah Yoga Mat. <laughs> <laughs> the Sarah Mat. Yeah. No, not so much. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, but I think I think having a few like three things. Okay, you're gonna hold be... yourself to three. Yep. Okay, and what are the three then? Uh, yoga yeah. mat. No. No, not a no. yoga mat, huh? The, okay. the ceramobile. Ceramobile. Uh huh. Right. Um, I'm gonna say, goodness, let's see. So I just threw out the number three without having two other <laughs> oh, ideas. Oh, got it, got uh, it. Got just it. so you know, um, I'm gonna say. So we, this isn't a thing we have, but. Um, I would like to have it. So we're going to say the the Sarah Murphy bed. <laughs> that sounds like it. it's a woman named Sarah Murphy and we're in her bed. <laughs> okay. Maybe rethink that one. Okay. How's this? The Sarah bar. Oh, the Sarah bar. Yeah. I would do the Sarah bar, and which would, would be like... normally hidden in the wall and then it would turn out. I was just going to ask that. And then <laughs> it's got like a big neat stylized neon version of your face above it right absolutely and then next to it is a slide both a slide for you and a drink safe slide for your drink and you slide down and then if you know you don't want to be outside to enjoy your beverage you can be in the lair enjoying your beverage oh. you've got like a beverage enjoying lair okay in the sarah lair mm-hmm. yep <laughs> nice yep. nice i love and it there, that's the third one the yeah. sarah lair <laughs> yeah i mean okay so i guess part of it is that it isn't like batman's just going through the world in saying, okay, all helicopters are now called Batcopters. It is, <laughs> <laughs> it is to indicate that his is unique. It's the specific version. It's not a helicopter. It's a Batcopter. They're related, but they're different things because mine right. is specific. It's got shark repellent. Come on. Yeah, and it is the the bat this, not the Bruce this. <laughs> yeah, that that is one of the ways that he accidentally gives away his Batman when he has people over and is like, uh, let me get out the Bruce plate. I'm like uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> the Bruce Mobile. The, 
His normal car is just the Bruce Mobile. <laughs> Alfred, pull around the Bruce Mobile. Um, yeah. Uh, Would I you? Think, just as a joke, it, you know, it's it's fun to imagine like uh, putting on my Joseph pants, <laughs> and that they're somehow specially designed mm-hmm. for my needs. Yeah, <laughs> just, so but they would just have like you know I don't know a flask pocket, yeah. Which I guess all pockets are flask pockets. That's the point of a flask. I don't know how I'd make my pants unique, but I'll think about it. Yeah, yeah. Right now, my uh, this is such not a Batman thing. My mobile phone, its battery doesn't work, so I have it <laughs> anytime I have to be mobile. Now I have a charger with me, so I would have a charging a charging pocket in my Joseph pants. <laughs> there we go. Would it be a Joseph charger? It wouldn't be a Joseph charger. Why not? Why not? Uh, and I'd be happy to have a Sarah mobile. Okay. That'd be great. You don't want a Joseph mobile? Eh. I don't really need it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Quickly, to the Sarah mobile. You know the mics? Oh, yeah. If there was a Sarah mic and a Joseph mic, and then when it's time to do Obsess, we could be to the Sarah and Joseph mics. I, th- I think let's do it. All right. Great. Nothing's stopping us. New plan. Yep. And we just need to get little drawings of our faces on them. We'll be perfect. We'll be set. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Batman dresses up like a bat to strike terror into the hearts of criminals, uh, but the bat motif can also be interpreted as Batman's fear of his own dark side. If you dressed up as a fear, either your own or someone else's, what would you dress up as? What fear would you dress up as? Oh, ooh, interesting. Um, <laughs> this, I uh, want... Well. So I was going to say spider, but that's already taken. (laughs) (laughs) But Spider-Man is your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You could be your uh, terrifying neighborhood spider person. Yeah. Yeah. Because here's the thing is I'm for the most part not scared of spiders, but I am scared of accidentally disturbing a black widow and having it bite me. Um, But a lot of people are scared of. (laughs) Black Widow is a superhero too. So then I was thinking like, well, your superhero would be disturbed black widow which is very funny could i be that's like good really good point so i'm (laughs) so before we just get discuss fear yeah anyway um so i'm gonna say i want to be daddy long legs (laughs) (laughs) i'll strike fear in the hearts of criminals i'm daddy long legs no not the fred astaire movie (laughs) because many people understandably just like are you know Freaked out by Daddy Longlegs, the spider. I mean, just the name is like, come on. Yeah, they're big and up there. But for whatever reason, like, they've never bugged me. I just often would just, and I know that they're the ones that, if you don't know this, and I don't know if this is true, I've been told this my whole life, but I've never looked it up for myself, that their mouths are too small to actually bite it. But if they could bite, their bite is actually, like, really strong. Okay. We just, they just can't bite humans. Okay. Yeah. They bite other things. Yeah, like little tiny things or something. I but they know. do they try to bite humans and fail? I mean, I think in their minds. <laughs> okay. But like, but you know, you just pick them up by the leg and bring them outside. It's so easy. They're like the easy ones. Yeah. As opposed to the small scurrying ones that go disappear into corners. Okay. So, so I would be daddy long legs, which would be so much fun because then when you have to like, climb over buildings or something you've already got your like giant legs that you get to yeah climb Sarah over things on demonstrating <laughs> vociferously with her arms i'm super excited about this yeah yeah and you can like cl- climb up and down the sides of buildings um and people would be scared but then you're there for good because <laughs> you know spiders eat a lot of 
um, other insects and things that are beneficial. We actually want spiders around. Yeah. So um, I don't want to, you know, step on other people's already existing properties. <laughs> so I would be Daddy Long Legs. Okay. I think that's a very, very good choice. And the name, <laughs> Daddy Long Legs is one of those names that's just like, oh, yeah, no, that, that's uh, those are words. They mean a thing in our society. And like when you take a step back, like, the hell? Who, <laughs> who that named Daddy that? Long Legs? Like, is that... Uh, that should be a Dick Tracy villain and nothing else. It's creepy. <laughs> that that daddy's got long legs. Why are you calling a spider daddy? Like what? Yeah, I yeah. know there's uh, right here on my non-mobile phone. I can look up where the actual name Daddy Long Legs came from. But and man, is it fun to imagine. It is. And perhaps we will after we're done recording. Yes. I think we need to or we'll be just. <laughs> I think we do. <laughs> racked with fear. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I'm trying to come up with an answer that is honest uh, but but still fun because I think that's that's a part of this to me is when you translate an actual fear like you know into a costume that you can wear around yeah it, you know bats symbol of darkness symbol of night monster is huge not sure what you saw like all that all the, all the storytelling with Batman can be really great it works great mm-hmm. um, but I think I'm gonna go with I would be the awkward pause. <laughs> and i think i mean by that both like the conversational like those moments where you're like Ooh, who's gonna talk next what's is everybody still doing okay uh but also just that larger you're not sure what's gonna happen next in society mm-hmm. or you don't you're not sure what's next i think awkward pause is the more interesting way to say it but i could also say the fear of what's next you know yeah. cause i think a lot of the fears that consume us are the uh possibility of what could happen Mm-hmm. Uh, of what's next and we can spiral based on like well i assume it is possible that this really bad thing could happen it's just a possibility but i will proceed in my mind as though that is what's going to happen and i will uh, make uh, many uh, fear-based choices um yeah so i think i would maybe have uh a dark a dark suit but that's just glowing on my chest would be um the three dots of somebody writing a text, <laughs> but it not coming in. And every once in a while, it would just they would just short out entirely. And you'd be like, did the message come? And that, But then we'd be back. And it's like, that's such a perfect visualization of, of an awkward pause of like, someone is communicating something to you, but you don't know when they're going to fi- finish. Or did the phone just glitch and they're not actually typing anything? Or did they, they type for a while and they made the choice to delete it? And if they decided not to say the thing, how scary might it have been had they said the thing that the dots were there for? Right. And I think that would I think that would strike fear into people's hearts if they just looked up. If they're doing something bad in a warehouse, <laughs> like happens in Gotham a lot, and they just looked up and it was just those three dots going, and they didn't know what was going to happen next. Right. Is the awkward pause going to come down and get us? <laughs> we don't know. Or not. <laughs> it stopped. Did yeah. the awkward pause go away? Or did the dots just stop? Are we going to have a big fight? Or are we going to get away with this the shipment of jewels we're stealing? What's going to happen next? I love it. Yeah. I love it. Can I share a thing? Yeah. So I have written down on a random note from years ago somewhere where you had said this. I don't remember where, what the context was. I just... I wrote it down in the moment and I'd come across it every so often, a note on my phone that you (laughs) credited to you that saying this, and I'm quoting Joseph Scrimshaw, awkward pauses are my kryptonite. (laughs) 
uh, I was mixing my superhero metaphors, I guess, <laughs> over the years and coming back to it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's, uh, I think that's fair. That's good for personal fear and a larger society fear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we could just try to throw in some awkward pauses on the podcast so we, <laughs> I can get over my fear. <laughs> uh, all right. I've got a couple more questions for you. So a lot of Batman's villains are based on their obsession. And I think, not to bury the lead on my podcast called Obsessed, there's so much about Batman's world that is just, there's nothing subtle about it. Batman is obsessive. One life event, granted, a big one, uh, watching his parents being murdered, that's his whole life now. Mm -hmm. He's always living in that moment, right? There's that, uh, we recently rewatched all of Deep Space Nine in the pilot. There's the great thing where, uh, Cisco is trying to explain linear time to non-linear aliens, and they just keep going to a moment of of tragedy for him and going, "But you live here," because uh, that's where his mind always is. And like right. Batman, you live here. You live in Crime Alley. Uh, so Batman is obsessed. But then all of his villains, the the both the the fun and the depth comes from people who have usually gone through tr- some sort of trauma and are working through it by being incredibly obsessed with one idea. And, you know, when you get into the campier versions of the characters of like Two-Face will only do crimes involving the number two, you know, <laughs> and Penguin only steals bird related things and it can get to this like great height of obsession. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, what I wanted to ask you is if you were one of Batman's villains, uh, what would you be based on your obsession? Um. Oh, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um. Um, <laughs> sorry, I've, I have too many ideas and I should just stick with what came in first. Can I be the tap dancer? Yeah, absolutely. Tell me why that is. What do you think that came first in your mind? Um, cause I was trying to be more specific than just dancer. Okay. Right. But you could be the dancer. Mover. <laughs> Mover. <laughs> Mover could be interpreted. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh Mrs. Kinetic. Ooh, like nice. all your crimes involve movement. Like you will like only steal that. things from moving trains. There we go. I want to be Mrs. Kinetic. <laughs> but I like the tap dancer, too, because that really suggests some great, like, uh, you are able to do, like, an amazing tap dance. And, like, you know, Batman's patrolling, and he hears across the rooftops the click-a-dee-click-a-dee-click-a-dee-click. Uh, and then the fights, you know, because you got those sharp points on your on your shoes, right? Not points, but you got the metal, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the, the absolutely. The better to kick Batman with. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, if you're being, if you're living a life of crime... You've probably filed your taps into sharp points um, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, Mrs. Kinetic with a little tap dance uh, sub obsession. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. This is like a very, it. very solid one. Um, this one, I, I have many obsessions, obviously, uh, but I think this is the one that's been on my mind. I'm having a lot of fun on TikTok. Uh, doing my not unboxing videos where I just share some uh, action figures I have and then uh, don't open them at all. Um, and a part of that is a part of that is real. I've talked about it before on the podcast, so I won't belabor it. Uh, but I am fascinated by action figures still being in the package, not because I, I I think it's wrong or bad to take them out. I'm just personally kind of fascinated with them being the entire package and being this frozen moment. And I'm so obsessed with like. You know, sometimes a certain style of action figure will just be like, yeah, it's on the rack uh, at Target for two years and you could pick that up any time. And then you turn around and it's like, it's rare. Yeah. And, you know, there's something about it being the whole package, not just the toy that you take out and play with. So I'm kind of, I am a little obsessed with action figures in the package. 
I do take them out sometimes. I usually buy two. <laughs> sometimes I don't. And I don't think there's anything wrong with taking them out of the package. Mm-hmm. But I think if uh, if I became a Batman villain and some of my fears merged with the obsession, mm-hmm. I think the dark side of that obsession with action figures in the package is uh, can be traced to a fear of change, mm-hmm. right? Of I want to leave this in the state where I found it because uh, I what if it changes and I don't like the change and I can't put it back the way it was. Yeah. So I think if I became a dangerous uh, obsessive on that point, I mm-hmm. would be Mr. Mint Condition. Ah, I love it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I would just great. try to keep everything pristine. Yeah. You know, I would like make weird devices to be like, look, the, the Gotham Bank, I'm not going to steal anything from it. But it's perfect exactly the way it is, and I'm going to try to freeze it in time so it can never change. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> The perfect. bank's in mint condition. Don't scuff the floor. Yeah. Don't put any more money in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I kind of frightened myself. I guess uh, what I needed to strike fear in my heart is uh, <laughs> talk about my action figure obsession. Anyway, it's great taking them out of the package. I don't have any problems with it. All right. Here is the final question. Uh-huh. Uh, Batman... If you follow his adventures in general, because he is so obsessive, doesn't make time to eat well or sleep well, and yet he is in amazing physical shape. How does that work? Alfred. (laughs) I have no follow-up questions. That is uh, the perfect answer. Can you make a noise to sum up your interest in Batman? Did you just uh, swing into the uh, Ceremobile and steal our car? I, I slid down into the Ceremobile, got into the Ceremobile and <laughs> drove away. Nice, nice. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, now that we've talked about Batman and the Batman oeuvre, mm-hmm. uh, are you, how obsessed do you think you are? Or even intrigued? Um, I think intrigued is the right word for me. Okay. I, I, I find a lot of the, the concepts intriguing and I, I really enjoy it every time we watch anything within the Batman oeuvre. Um, I'm very much enjoying watching Bat- Batwoman, um, but it's not one that I spend a lot of time thinking about outside of when we're actively watching something. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, I, I am definitely obsessed with Batman in the Batman oeuvre. I think I filter a lot of things through the way I, I think about different other stories and you know ideas um, in the superhero realm and the pop culture realm and and Batman is just, he's greatly funny because he's been stretched, like, in Adam West. Like, the Adam West character is still Batman. He's still obsessive. He's still a planner, you know? He uh, still is driven uh, to fight for justice because of a trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, all those things are there, but the Batman world can stretch to, like, the most campy and flamboyant and bizarre to the most, like dark and brooding and i live in hell and i'm gonna bring other people down in my hell and they'll never hurt anybody again because i put them in hell like it can so stretch from place to place but since a lot of the storytelling about batman has generally influenced since the late 80s mid to late 80s uh by that frank miller dark knight returns has been the growling brooding hmm, that he provides such great contrast for comedy so I think mm-hmm. a part of my obsession with Batman has been it is funny to to think of this grueling, just growling, obsessive guy doing anything day to day or normal because it's such a contrast from I am the night, you know, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am right? the knight. I have tickets to Hamilton. Like almost anything is funny once it's in contrast to somebody who's that obsessive and brooding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, anyway, you're gonna rate yourself. Yeah, I just got lost saying other reasons that I like Batman <laughs> and why I think about him a lot. So I would say like eightish. Uh, eight ish for sure uh in a little bit of an upswing right now because like i said i'm watching the animated series i also think just like some of the storytelling with batman there's been a lot of great variety there was a uh, an animated series uh brave and the bold that went a little bit more campy and had a little bit he was still brooding and kind of talk like that um but it was much more camp and fun so like there is still there's still plenty of variety in batman storytelling so i don't mean to say that it's all brooding Mm -hmm. but some of the big pop culture stuff right uh that Christopher Nolan films are very much about the heavier version, the realism and the darkness version. So I think that, and then the the Ben Affleck version as well. So a lot of the Batman we've had in like the biggest, loudest pop culture has really focused on the broody, broody brood, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting, great, fine. Um, but I think maybe some of that being the loudest part of Batman has felt like for me a little bit of like, I get that part of Batman in culture. We've been sitting in that part of Batman for a while. And I think going back to some other storytelling has reignited my mm. passion. Mm, yeah. And, and created a little bit more variety and reminded me of like, uh, what, what, what's the core of these ideas when it doesn't just feel like we're just going through them. Again? Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, eight, mm-hmm. that's all number. All right. Let's do some, uh, quick plugs. Where can you be found on the internet? Yeah. <laughs> I can be found sometimes um, on uh, Twitter at Sarah underscore Scrimshaw and on Instagram at Scrim Street. Excellent. You can follow me uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsessed Podcast on Twitter and Facebook is at Obsessed Podcast. You can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host. That is called Four Center. And for info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums, you can check out my website at josephscrimshot.com. You can also support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, here are our final questions. If you could magically know everything about any topic, what topic would you choose? Oh, my gosh. Wow. 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 <laughs> gosh, my brain. It's so excited right now. Um you know, this, I, gosh, I'm sorry. I am so repetitive about, but I want to know everything about how to, um, grow crops and sequester carbon in crops with long roots and, um, be able to have a better options for urban farming, uh, so that we all over the world can have access to food that doesn't have lots of chemicals in it. Okay. While also helping the world. That is a great answer. I understand (laughs) that many of your answers are about uh, helping the environment, which I think is a fine thing to be repetitive about. (laughs) I should be more repetitive about that. But I love that you just said, I I hate to be repetitive, but I'm going to sequester carbon from long roots. (laughs) Uh, That's not a sentence I have ever heard before. (laughs) I think that's a great thing for you to know all about. Uh, if a toilet flushing could make any sound in the world instead of a flush sound, what sound would you like a toilet to make? So that's such a hard one because the ones that came to my head right away, I was like, oh yeah, no, no. (laughs) Um, I think, I think I'm just going to do a little like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. 
Like I was going to say well done, but no, that's because you've t- flushed the toilet, which you're supposed to do. So like, well done. You want a little reinforcement. But you know, not everybody speaks English. So I don't, I want to be uh, inclusive. You want a, a, an affirmative sound that you think uh, crosses cultural boundaries. Of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm, is th- that's so judgy, isn't it? it? Everything just feels so judgy. It really does. I, I think I, I think I think I gotta do the well done. Okay. Well done. Okay. I think that's very good. I'm going with the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> Every time. Uh, final question: What is happiness? Happiness is um, having a layer. <laughs> <laughs> Just one layer beneath yourself, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think that is a great way to end our podcast about Batman. Thank you all so much uh, for listening. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. You know, uh, another part of my Batman obsession uh, that I haven't uh, talked about in a while is I had made a joke one year, uh, many, many years ago, going to, on my way to San Diego Comic-Con, on our way to San Diego Comic-Con, saying, all I want to do is see a cosplayer uh, dressed as Batman eating a taco. And people liked that. They got some uh, nice uh, laughs and jokes and responses. But the main response to that was, well, just look anywhere. Because it was like, okay, Batman's one of the most popular characters you're going to see any given year for any reason. People dressed up as many different incarnations of Batman. And uh, there's a lot of food available in San Diego, but, you know, tacos are not hard to find. And then years and years and years and years, even to the point of, to my shame, seeing a Batman heading to the food court, stopping what I was doing on the show floor and following that Batman (laughs) from a distance and seeing if that Batman got a taco, never ever ever saw a cosplayer dressed as batman eating a taco various people have kindly staged batman eating a taco and there's some beautiful photos uh because of that but still my obsession remains Mm -hmm. i want to see batman eating a taco i love it